The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name is Luke and I am at the table with Dave and Ben. Welcome guys. G'day mates. G'day. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're here for a part two. So if you guys didn't hear part one last week, I suggest that you stop and go back and listen to it. Yeah, Otherwise definitely. the recording will self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, I'm taking this serious. Yeah. If you're not going to take it seriously, that's not my fault. <laughs> Your mission. Yeah. <laughs> you choose yeah. to accept. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Uh, right. No, seriously though. I mean, we're talking about, we've been talking about spiritual burnout and the mm-hmm. last episode we did was uh, already a, a pretty massive take and we were, and we still had a lot to go. So we decided to make two episodes out of it. So um, if you haven't heard it, I suggest you do that because we set a lot of the groundwork up for this episode. So um, yeah, just as we're uh, sort of getting un- underway, do you guys want to set any context for where we're at, just to orient the people, or anything else you just want to say? Um, well, you know how in Christian circles we like to, to point out that um, to understand how great salvation is, you need to understand how great the problem is. Mm. Well, that's what, that's what you'll be missing if you don't listen to the other episode first. Yeah. So, you know, you, you just won't get a sense of how great salvation is. no you'll be missing out on the definition of the problem and so therefore the solution won't make as much sense yeah that's my little plug Mm -hmm. yep do you you want to make any confessions or anything Luke yeah (laughs) well um, so I apologise okay he's burnt out right (laughs) (laughs) so if you have listened to the last episode you will know this already but uh, tonight when we sat down to record our uh, our audio mixer died on the spot and so our normal recording equipment is totally useless to us currently and so we have to go and uh, and source new new resources for that but uh, we decided to record using uh, a USB microphone that uh, that I had we recorded the episode just got to the end and we started recording this episode when I realized that I didn't have that mic selected in the recording application it was actually just recording from the mic in the laptop now as far as laptop microphones go it sounds fantastic (laughs) unfortunately like as far as any other microphone goes it doesn't sound that fantastic but it is listenable and you guys will hopefully still enjoy the discussion so can i just say that is actually really good news because when he made that groaning sound ben I thought he deleted the whole recording. Oh, I, I was panicking and thinking the same thing. Yeah. Did he just completely <laughs> so, axe the episode? The, the fact that that noise, whatever you want to describe that noise as, Luke, that you made... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> whatever that was, the fact that all of that, all that, that was is that the recording quality was not that great. Oh, oh, oh that's a win for me. <laughs> like, otherwise, that was like 50 minutes of solid stuff. Down the pipe. That's the thing because it's actually a really good uh, episode. You know, it would have been so bad to actually well, lose. Don't it. blow your own trumpet. Hey, I was only, <laughs> I was only thirty three percent of it. <laughs> In fact, we should say that it's really good because we've got some really good content from some of our regular listeners. So yes. If yeah. you enjoy these episodes, you need to give a shout out to George, Sabrina, and Ruth because they're the ones that yes. are really the brains behind this. We're just yabbering. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, just sharing a quick anecdote, just talking about this whole, you know, recording in lower quality thing. I was asked once to do a video, shoot a video for a ministry. I drove like an hour to go and get the video, shot the video. It looked so awesome. I was stoked. Got in the car, got almost home, and I wasn't driving, so I was like going through the, the stuff on the camera. And I pressed a button and I looked at what was on the screen oh, and it, it was recorded. It was all there, but it was recorded in 640 by 480. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if that means nothing to you, that's about the resolution that phone screens were using in about 2008. <laughs> so, um, so did you drive back? No. <laughs> no. So, But I, I was feeling very dejected i was not happy at all but yeah anyway so my, my point is these things happen <laughs> and as painful as they it sounds like <laughs> i know and why always to me uh, there's there's probably an underlying cause here luke what's that how are you feeling do you feel exhausted burnt out you're frustrated with life <laughs> losing motivation cynical yeah <laughs> uh, well anyway Confessions all done. Yeah, but we're just we're just so happy that the episode was recorded. So you know yeah. you're completely let off the hook. I don't even care. It it was done. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe that's actually a good thing. Maybe I, it's a good thing that I didn't say right off the bat what happened because that way right. you actually it, it softened lowered the, the expectations. That's right. Lowered the expectations. <laughs> softened the blow. So you already thought we'd lost everything, and so therefore a mere reduction in quality is just <laughs> you know that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fantastic. But, well, anyway, just to, to jump back in, where we were up to, we were starting to talk about um, our uh, personal experiences and the experiences of the, the people that are, have contributed to the episode, so George, Sabrina, and Ruth. So uh, we're going to pick up George's story here just to, when he shares a, a few more thoughts. From my own experiences, I'm more leaning to the idea that spiritual burnout, and this is like spiritual burnout more specifically, is not as much tied to a lot of work but to some other key factors behind that. My own experiences with either feeling numb or weary or empty spiritually, especially in ministry, have always been tied to either like a disparity between my actual faith journey and people's expectations, like when I haven't been real with my faith, or um, it's been difficulties working with other people, like not knowing how to set healthy boundaries or trying to do everything myself not efficiently engaging a team or not allowing others to be involved because I wanted to do everything or just not knowing how to engage other people well. Can I just say, thank you, George, for sharing. And uh, I resonate strongly with what you were saying, both from my personal experience and also growing up together in church. I remember seeing some of those elements Mm. um, in your experience, even then at that young age. So, um, yeah, Pretty pretty cool hearing it back now. He made some really important points there. Yeah. That things that happened in his experience. Did you resonate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely with a couple of them. Yeah, definitely. One of them, uh, like specific, well, two two things in specific, uh, two things specifically. Let me try English. Uh, really resonated with me. One was the the feeling of emptiness, and yeah. you know I can definitely resonate having having that experience of just feeling like 
you know, there is no, there's no significance to what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. that yeah. that emptiness of well, you know, nothing matters. Not 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 finding any enjoyment in things. You know, well. Yeah. Um. The other one that I, I was just like, oh yes, was uh, expectation disparity. Yeah. What other people expect you to do? Some people. Different, there are different kinds of people, right? Some people are externally motivated. Some people are internally motivated. And I'm definitely an externally motivated person. And I know that. And so I manipulate my life to utilize that because I know that's how, how my character works. So, But the problem with that is that if I know somebody's expectations of me are in a certain place and what I have to give is in a different place, that is almost impossible for me to deal with. Right. Yeah. You beat up on yourself. Very big. Yeah. Very, very big. Yeah. Yeah, or, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen it too many times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We're all really good at beating up on it, on ourselves, eh? Yeah. Like, if you want to, if you ever want to see your worst critic, just look in the mirror. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. Now, the ones that aren't that way are typically psychopaths. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> good news. <laughs> yeah. So it means that you're there's good good things going for you. <laughs> Yeah, another thing like the expectations thing, I think, is something that will come up again and again yeah. from mm. each person's story. Mm. Um, but another thing I think that we'll see again and again was this idea about boundaries. Mm. Um, you know, not setting healthy boundaries mm-hmm. um, sets us up for burnout. So I'd love to to talk more about that when we when we get to that point uh, mm-hmm. where we start talking solutions. Yeah, specific solutions. Um, but yeah, like as to what are healthy boundaries? Because George said, you know, that for for him. That that really led to burnout in his experience, and I, and particularly around team teamwork. He was saying, and, mm-hmm. and in church, that's like mm-hmm. that's really essential. Working together as a team, you know, I've seen so many times where where as churches we're working together, and mm-hmm. the people that are in positions are in multiple positions across the church, mm-hmm. and the church board is basically the active body of the church. Mm-hmm. And the rest, which is probably ninety percent of the congregation, mm-hmm. they don't do much. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that in in and of itself um, is an unhealthy boundary that's mm. going to lead to burnout. Yeah. yeah, I was also just thinking about um, how often the younger we are, the we haven't developed that ability to create those um, that ability to say no and those right. boundaries. Right. So we're more likely to actually experience this the younger we are because we haven't learnt those life skills yet. Mm. I know this is kind of broken up now that we decided to split the episode in half, but you might remember when I, at the beginning of the episode, I asked you guys, like, how long was it after you made Mm. a commitment to Jesus Mm. before you first experienced your burnout? I I expect that in most cases there's a correlation Mm. between... Your, your your spiritual high mm-hmm. and burnout because like you were just saying Ben when you're young in the faith particularly when you're very zealous mm. you have you set the expectations so high mm. and there are no boundaries yeah you know like you'll work That's through the night yeah to, to do whatever you can for God mm-hmm. you're a freshly minted apostle and right. you're going to use yeah. that to your best ability right you know and and the fact that you lasted three years Luke mm-hmm. I think that's that's a solid effort because <laughs> there's no way I was lasting three years <laughs> I don't know whether I was just like more of a zealot <laughs> or what it was but no I was done well before three years and Mm. And like you said, Ben, you sort of flirted around the edges of burnout for such a long time. Mm. Um, 
but you didn't sink into it. Like I just, I just can't understand this at all. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I was moderation I was, is I not your done. strong point. Is no, it? no, I was, I was in all in yeah. and then all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just needed to take some time out because it was just not working for me. Yeah, mm. I remember um, the, when I the very first time I started to put boundaries in place, and I. The first thing that I did was declined positions. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I won't be doing that again next year. And I was um, volunteered to speak for an, a, a, a series. And I eventually, after a lot of agony, went to the head elder. I'm like, not speaking. Can't do it. You know, and I told him that I was, you know, I had too much on and I couldn't do it. That would have been such an uncomfortable conversation for you. Oh, it was horrible. That would have been like worst nightmares stuff for Luke. Well, even worse than that. I mean, he was well-meaning. Like, I, I don't, I don't uh, hold this against him, but he actually chuckled and and was like, "Don't you think I'm like just as busy?" Yeah. And I and I recognised that that was true. I mean, he had a very high-pressure job and he didn't want to be head elder, but he was in a position where there was no other. Right. Option and, and so just because somebody else is not saying no, it doesn't mean you can't. That's exactly. right. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I admire the fact that he didn't like project it onto me and say, "Oh no, no, he's still got to do it." Like he took it, but he was like, you know, like, "Oh really? Like you yeah. think you're?" You yeah. know, and I was like, "Oh, you know, like as if this conversation wasn't hard enough already." Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it just goes to show that uh, I guess what I'm the point that I'm getting at is it's hard but it's worth it to set the boundaries yeah. when they're needed but also when someone is establishing their boundaries even if it inconveniences you mm-hmm. you need to accept those things yeah. Yeah. and in a supportive way I don't necessarily want us to go full um, full all the way down this rabbit hole yep I'm just going to say that before I even introduce the rabbit hole <laughs> mm-hmm. but do you think there's a correlation? I'm just thinking back to what George said about feeling this sense of numbness and you know mm. emptiness inside. Do you think there's a correlation between um, spiritual burnout and uh, sin in your life? Yes. Oh, mm. that, oh, there was a, a couple of exclamation marks there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Do you, have you noticed the same thing, Ben? Definitely. Yeah. It and becomes so, so much harder to not. Right. Yeah. So, you know, whatever it is that's your pet sin, mm-hmm. I think for me at least, whenever I burn out, it's just like straight yeah. there, you know? Mm-hmm. The temptation becomes so strong and your willingness to resist becomes so little yeah. that it's almost inevitable that you'll mm-hmm. fail. Yeah. Mm. Which which begs the question, why on earth do we put ourselves in that position where we would potentially burn out if we know that's the result? Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, like, if you want motivation for self-care, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if, that you're, is, if you're busying yourself so much with church work that you end up mm-hmm. sinning because of it, yeah, it's probably not the best idea, is it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I have actually had that very string of thoughts very recently. Oh, okay. You know, so that, that's that's timely and not directly related to spiritual burnout and burnout in general. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we probably should listen to uh, the next the next story. Yeah, just before you do, yeah. I just want to add something here that it's a bit of a, an old favourite quote of mm. mine, um, where <laughs> this person writes about um, overwork mm. and how it sometimes causes us to lose self control. Right? She says the Lord never compels hurried, complicated movements. I mean, that alone is like a mm. rock falling on my head. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord never compels hurried, complicated movements. 
Then she says, Many gather to themselves burdens that the merciful Heavenly Father did not place on them. <laughs> yeah. Duties he never designed them to perform chase one another wildly. God desires us to realize that we do not glorify his name when we take so many burdens that we are overtaxed and becoming heart-weary and brain-weary, chafe and fret and scold. We are to bear only the responsibilities that the Lord gives us, trusting in him and thus keeping our hearts pure and sweet and sympathetic. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So, mm-hmm. like, if you're getting Such impatient insight. as a result of being burnt out, yeah. you mean that's, that's an indicator that you've taken on more than the Lord actually wanted you to mm-hmm. boom. boom that's right and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a brain explosion then right the there. immediate question is well what did i take on that i wasn't supposed to right yeah which or, one did i who which was one it did... that i was listening to yeah <laughs> you know because most of the time it's us isn't it mm. we're, yeah. we're the ones setting up these huge expectations upon ourselves mm. that then lead us into this this situation oh anyway sorry to derail you there but let's listen to the next recording i just thought mm. that that no, quote it's is very valuable so relevant yeah I actually remember. I even remember where I was the first time you shared that with me <laughs> because I felt the barbs. Yeah, I was literally standing next to the piano at, at my mother-in-law's house when you shared that with me. That's so funny. I personally have experienced burnout. I I worked as um, a counselor, and um, there's nothing wrong with that beautiful work that I was doing, and um, but. I had to weigh up the other things that were going on in my life. I had a, um, you know, my, my mom passed away and at the same time in that year and there was just a lot going on. And so because I put everything in the basket of work thinking, well, my mom's gone, there's so much else that can't speak to my worth and now I'm going to put my, you know, pay attention to this, um, it actually flopped on me in a lot of ways. And I, I didn't balance out my life or live my life for the purpose of living life and not just for working, you know, living to work essentially. Um, but yeah, that, that growing mindset of my worth comes from my work. Um, it needs to be done away with. Absolutely needs to be done away with. Thanks for sharing that Ruth. I, I, I gotta say when you were talking about that specifically as a counselor, uh, I was thinking about that, and, you know, the times in my life that I have been close enough to people to uh, obviously not function as a counselor directly, but to interact with people at that level where you're supporting them is so draining. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I have so much respect for you and anybody else who operates in those mental health professions where you're not just taking your own, you're not just carrying your own burdens around, you're carrying everybody else's as well. Right. That would mm. be a really tough place. Yeah. Yeah, got so much respect for people who do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought it was also really significant what Ruth shared about dealing with the trauma of losing her mum. Mm. And I don't know whether this is specifically what she was trying to say, but I know for me personally, whenever I experience a situation that could be considered traumatic, um, I tend to bury myself in something else, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether yeah. it be work or just busying myself with anything at all. Mm-hmm to basically try to avoid the feelings. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes that is because, as, as Ruth was pointing out toward the end there, uh, we have this, this level of insecurity um, in ourselves where we, we don't have a clear sense of our own worth separate to the things that are going on in our life. Mm. And so we bury, bury, bury ourselves in mm. things 
hoping that the things will make us feel better. Yeah, I think it's also a coping mechanism in the fact that while you're doing that, you don't have to cope with the loss that's going right. on. Yeah, yeah, or even just the, or, or even just the brokenness of your own life, the the insecurity, the 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 sense of worthlessness that you're feeling. Mm. Um, if if you don't want to feel that, you just go and you do other things, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it like and and maybe this is what she's referring to. Sometimes those other things that you go and do are helping other people deal mm-hmm. with their problems. <laughs> yeah, because that's so much easier and more yeah. comfortable that's than right. dealing with your own. It's mm. so true. Yeah. It really is. Trouble is when you're not in a good place and you go to help people. Sometimes you make their problems worse as well. True. Mm. True that. Yeah. yeah. I think the just the idea that she shared about the the connection between our worth and what we what we're doing Mm. you know that for me i was like yep that is that's exactly right you know and we were talking about this before that you know we're only a good christian Hmm. if we're doing xyz 10 bible studies a week or yeah whatever whatever we uh, you know whatever bar we set up in our head to clear that is us tying our our worth to our behavior and that's really hard not to do. You know, we grow up that way. We grow up with in a performance-based society, and that's one of the ways that you teach children. You know, if they if they're being obedient, well, then they get rewarded. You know, and so that might be the way, but that's not the way the gospel works. And because our reality works that way in every other possible way, it's very hard not to carry that with us into our theology. Yeah. So that's I think that's why we have such a poor theology of self-care, as we've yeah. spoken about before. Yeah. Mm. And it in turn creates a culture, yep. and then the culture drives that even deeper. Yep. I think I could honestly say that the highest level of expectations that I've ever felt around jo- uh, jobs that I've done in the past mm-hmm. have always been for jobs where I've either been volunteering or on a stipend. Yep. When you're getting paid decent money, the expectations to me seem to be lower than when you're doing it for nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's because there's there's this this culture that's been developed in the church and also that we create ourselves, like you said, because of our theology mm-hmm. that, that sort of gives us this sense that because we're doing this work for God, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bar is so much higher. Yeah. And it is, of course it is. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that we're neglecting to mention at that point is that God is also so much more understanding and compassionate mm. than any earthly boss. Yeah. And so if you're having a tough time trying to meet those expectations, God isn't looking down on you being like, come on, mm-hmm. get, get at it. You're not working mm-hmm. hard enough. Yep. God's looking down with you, at you with compassion, realizing your circumstances and situations. And according to that quote that we were just looking at, Potentially being like you've got a little too much on your plate. Yeah. Like it'd be mm. probably a good idea if you just eased your load a little. Yeah. But we don't look at it that way. No. I remember when I was a Bible worker, I felt guilty, so guilty, whenever I was experiencing burnout and not being able to fulfill what I felt the expectations were around my job. And mm-hmm. that might have been purely created expectations. Potentially, it might have been legitimate expectations of the churches that I was working for. Mm. But like I'm earning, you know, not even half a wage. For doing, you know, incredible hours mm-hmm. um, at, at really awkward times as well, mm. um, and I felt like I was not doing the right thing if I was like struggling to to feel motivated to go door knocking. Yeah, like there's a problem there. I think we can all see yeah. that problem, right? <laughs> yes. You know, mm. the expectations that we set up for ourselves are so high, and I think that yeah, we really need to address that culture. And so maybe. Again, when we start talking solutions, we should come back to that. Like, how do we address that culture? And isn't it interesting how when we are working on something where there is no expectations set 
by a boss or by ourselves. It, you know, we're just sort of feeling it out as we go. How hard do you then work? Oh, how, how much do you then do? Harder, I think. Yeah, yeah. harder, right? Because I was just thinking. Of, I was thinking about the podcast, us, like right. what we're doing with with the podcast. The amount of hours that I have sunk into the podcasts, as opposed to other ministries or other things that I've done, is probably significantly greater than anything else that I've done in recent times. But it's the only one where the only uh, expectations are well, there aren't really, right? We're sort of exploring as we yeah. as we move forward. Right. It's, it's a creative right. thing. It's a burden sometimes, like, sure, you know, sometimes life has happened. I mean, it hasn't been that bad lately because, you know, Ben has, has been working really hard on the on the editing and that, which has been wonderful. But, mm. you know, in a, earlier seasons where that was, uh, you know, something that I was doing, uh, there were plenty of times where, like, I knew the episode had to go out at six and so I had to get up at four so I could edit until it mm-hmm. went out at six, you know. And that that is hard but overall because there's no there's no expectations in a lot of ways I tend to throw a lot more time and effort and energy into it because I don't feel like I have to yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous right? yeah and yeah. it's so funny because like I remember several times messaging you know you and you were like oh I'm just editing the episode because it's got to go out in an hour or something yeah and, and just being like no it doesn't like you know <laughs> yeah. that, we created that deadline <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put a note up to say it'll be out late today <laughs> but you were like no 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 I've got to do it you've got to do it and, and that's a perfect illustration of what you're saying yeah because exactly. the only it's expectation that was set was was yeah. our own or in fact your own yeah. and, and that's we are so yeah. so much slaves to our own expectations at yeah. times yeah. so <laughs> thinking about that um, so Monday night right Hmm. I've um, I've had a few people over. It, it's been a late evening. It's come up to about ten ten thirty. I go to bed, and my eyes beak <laughs> open and go, "I forgot to edit the episode." Oh, I just don't have the feeling. <laughs> uh, so I, I get up. I, I turn the computer back on. I'm just I, I settle in. Yeah. One a.m. I got to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But See, this this is the commitment. Yeah, but but that that's Ben it. and Luke have in this podcast. <laughs> but that's the thing; it doesn't feel as much of a burden when it's in line with what you believe and what you're passionate True. about as well. Yes, I mean, admittedly, there are days when there's just no amount of a motivation that's going to make it feel good. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, it's because we're passionate about it. I I know I feel like. I've got a lot more energy for it. Yes. Whereas if I was going and doing something that potentially I'm getting paid for and I just I'm just not feeling, I'm just going to feel awful after. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So should we go to our uh, our next? We should. Otherwise, this is going to be an absolute marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to move it along. I experienced spiritual burnout after attending a Bible college for three years and then interning as a Bible worker for another school year. I grew overwhelmed trying to live up to unspoken expectations of what a Bible worker was supposed to be, the one who was always willing to teach Sabbath school, or lead out in prayer meeting, organize outreach events, present health lectures, etc. But it was more than that. I was also frustrated with the Bible worker evangelistic model that is so common today a model in which the focus is on numbers instead of meeting people where they're at and building relationships. I really wanted to be able to connect meaningfully with people without feeling like I had to evangelize them, convert them, or get them baptized. 
And it's not that I didn't want people to come to know Jesus or the truth, but I think because of this evangelistic model, I was unintentionally trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit. No wonder I felt burnt out. And it's almost like there's a sense of guilt that people with spiritual burnout end up living under. They feel guilty if they don't live up to the expectations of what a spiritual and godly person is supposed to be and do. But it's important to recognize that that is a guilt created by religious institutions. It's not a guilt that comes from God and the truths of the Bible. And now I can look back on my experience and recognize that the pressure I had to do all these good things and the feelings of guiltiness I felt that I would have if I didn't do them were not from God, but they were from these man-made expectations. Well, uh, Sabrina, thank you. Really appreciate you being willing to share your experience because it's one thing to express an opinion on a topic. It's another thing altogether to share what what your experience was. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. I was really reflecting when she said the um, the pressure to with numbers and everything, and I was reflecting, isn't a lot of our evangelism leaning in that direction at times? Oh, it's, yeah. it's all about numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah, yeah. And, and even while she was saying about being frustrated with the evangelistic model, um, hmm. I could resonate with that even now. Frustrated with the church model, you mm-hmm. know, the way we do church because it's also about numbers. Yeah, and and. All of these, I, I think, incorrect metrics that I, I don't think are actually effective mm-hmm. and I feel are probably one of the major contributors to why the church is in such a flat spot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, yeah, because you can't necessarily change that as one person mm-hmm. in a church, um, yeah, it gets frustrating, like she was saying, you know, and, and it's even more frustrating, I can resonate with this fr- from personal experience, when you're employed to do something, you know, like I think I think of pastors that I've worked with uh, in the past and maybe present um, who have that same frustration. You know, they're they're paid to do a thing; they want to do a thing that maybe is slightly different than the way the the way that the the church would traditionally want them to operate. Mm-hmm. And but they can't because they're sort of they're contracted and there's these expectations. Yeah, they're tied to KPIs, and, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Sabrina rightly pointed out. Um, or should I say savvy yeah. <laughs> Riley pointed out um, these, these are man-made expectations yeah. and so I think having taking a step back at times and recognising that would do us well hmm. and I was reflecting on that even now you know I, I find it hard to, to find uh, replacement teachers for my Sabbath school group and I, I, I feel very passionate about teaching that class as you were mentioning before Ben and so it doesn't hmm. feel like a burden hmm. But I, I have created, I think, unhealthy expectations upon myself that if, if I can't find anybody to teach the class, I just can't go away on holidays or yeah. I just can't do anything else, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because I've committed to this and therefore, you know, mm-hmm. I need to see it through uh, for the kids' sake. Uh, and so there's some, some of that, you know, I think is good because it motivates me, mm. but some of that is not good because it then becomes an unhealthy boundary that then creates this negative experience Mm. yeah and and if you do that too many times that becomes Mm. burnout yeah Mm. and the i think another key word that we've heard a couple of times from from the contributors is uh resentment right yeah yeah you know if you if you sacrifice your own you know health whatever it is enough times then you start resenting the very people that you claim to be serving right have you have you ever had this thought of if i 
I, you know, you, you're feeling burnt out, and you're just like, if I just push a little bit forward, maybe, maybe this time things will be better. Mm. <laughs> and then it doesn't turn out that way. And you're just like, okay, I think I have enough energy to go again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's sort of like the hamster wheel. Yeah. Right? Yep. Sunk cost. Yeah. Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that Sabrina said that was, I think, really insightful was uh, that our connection is sometimes inhibited because of the pressure of evangelistic guilt Mm. Um, and I can definitely resonate strongly with that Um, you guys have done a bit of door knocking Mm. over the years yeah Mm. yeah it's quite an unpleasant experience at times right but the model (laughs) of door knocking and I'm not I'm not necessarily picking on this model although maybe I am but I just I want to throw that caveat in just in case anyone feels offended by this (laughs) but um I think the model for evangelism inhibits, uh, for door knocking, inhibits connection mm. because our objective sometimes is to get to as many doors as we can, mm. to, to rule out people as quickly as possible so that we can get to the next door. Mm. Like if they're not interested in the things that we've got on our survey, mm. we don't necessarily want to connect with them. Mm. We only want to connect with the people that are interested, right? And, and there is some really good reasons why that might be a good idea. But I don't see that in the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I don't see... He wasn't playing a numbers game. Right. And his goal was connection. Mm. <laughs> That's as simple as that. And so when I go door knocking, if, if I have the liberty to do it the way I want to do it, mm. I don't do it that way. I don't, I don't go there with the intention of I'm going to spend as little time as possible at this door unless they want Bible studies. Mm. Um, I go there with the intention to connect with that person if that is at all possible. Yeah. And so sometimes that means ditching the survey. Yeah. Sometimes it means, you know, you might be cold portering and you might have to give away a book or two um, because you're, you're trying to build a connection with the person mm-hmm. rather than just make money on the doors or just, yeah. you know, find mm-hmm. Bible study contacts. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes the, these expectations lead us to do things that, you know, maybe don't fit the model of, of Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe don't actually have and maybe they're not as effective as as alternate methods could be and again i I don't want to say that that method of evangelism is is bad and should be you know Mm. completely thrown out i think there's certainly some merit to it and Mm. i think some people some people are built for it right exactly and and some people actually enjoy it (laughs) true that that's true i actually had a conversation with a guy i used to work with he was he was a junior pastor at the time and i was the bible worker at the church Mm. And, uh, and we were reflecting on that. He mm. likes the traditional method of door knocking. I hate it. Mm. Um, and we were talking about why that might be and, and the, the mindset behind each of our experience. And yeah, it was a really interesting case. So, yeah, I do want to make that, yeah. just that little disclaimer, Luke. Proud of you, Dave. I think that it's, I'm not ruling that out entirely. I'm just saying that there, there might be other methods and sometimes the expectations lead us to rule out the other methods mm-hmm. because that's not what's expected of us. And I just want to highlight the fact that you're talking about this in an evangelistic context, uh, like as a Bible worker on doors, and a lot of the people that are listening probably haven't had that necessarily that experience, but the principle is still very much true. I mean, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody who, you know, otherwise you get along well with, but you feel like you have to get God in before the end of the conversation <laughs> because otherwise you're not doing the right thing you know right. you're not letting your light shine or whatever right. it might be you know i have i've had so many experiences with people that if i had have done that i would have i would have totally destroyed the chances of a friendship with that person if mm. i had have brought that in at that point 
you know, I, I, I had I've a, had it where I have destroyed the friendship <laughs> by doing that. See, yeah, that's mm. that's my point, you know. And like my neighbor is a great example of that. I have so much respect for him as a as a man, as an individual who looks after his family. And uh, you know, he we were we were living there for ages, and he and I would chat, you know, at least once a week or something. Like if he was outside or I was outside or whatever, and uh, we didn't talk about God for ages. But eventually, the topic came up, and when it did. We had this great conversation, and he considers himself a confirmed atheist and all the rest of it. But by the end of our interactions, I, he didn't, you know, it'd be great. Everyone wants to hear the end of the story being, oh, oh yeah. he was baptized, you know. Right. That's not the end of the story. But his story's not over yet. Right. Right? And mm-hmm. like, that was the seed. That was the seed. And I, I remember one of the last, like, significant biblical conversations or spiritual conversations I had with him, uh, you know, he got to the place where he said, well, look, you know, you might you might be right. There may be something out there. It's but you know I certainly don't think it's like a lot of people want to tell me it is. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. I agree <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. and that's a long way from the first conversation I had where yeah. he was literally the first like conversation about anything spiritual was him telling me about how stupid Christians were and how you know as the conversation went on, he's like, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'm one, and he's like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but you're not like them. Right, and I was like, "That's exactly it, isn't it?" Boom. Yeah, yep. that's the point. That's yep. where we should be in their minds. Yep. We shouldn't be like them. You yep. know, the mm. the um, toxic Christianity or however right. you want to yeah. frame yeah. it. Sabrina was saying there that sometimes we try to play the role of Holy Spirit, and she oh, said, yes. "You know, it's no wonder we get burnt out, right?" Yeah. And I was thinking about that as you were talking there, because you were planting the seed, and the temptation is that you also want to water and you also want to harvest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Mm. Sometimes God calls us to just plant the seed mm. and then mm. move on. Mm. And there's another phase of the journey that's even before the, the planting of the seed, right? And that's preparing the soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we neglect that phase entirely because we just want to go and sow seeds everywhere, right? Mm. But but sometimes God's call is not even for you to plant a seed. It's just to, to help with Him, help Him with preparing the soil. Yeah. Mm. And I, here's my policy with regards to what you were just talking about: first, be a Christian, mm-hmm. then talk as a Christian yeah. you know I, I think there's so much value in you know the, the the statement you know people they don't care what you've got to say unless they mm-hmm. first know that you care right yeah. mm-hmm. I, I really think that if we could live out that value in our Christianity I'm not saying don't plant any seeds mm-hmm. I'm just saying your job may not be to plant the seed mm-hmm. and so f- first assess that situation make sure that soil has been thoroughly prepared yeah. before you go putting the seed in mm-hmm. because I, I mean it might be a wasted seed but even worse you might create resentment toward Christianity like you were just expressing with your atheist friend. Mm. You know, he said, you're not like those Christians, right? Mm. Well, that's probably because he's had experiences with Christians who have tried to shove a seed into ground that wasn't prepared yet. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yep. Or even they might have been trying to harvest a seed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Run that harvester over that dry ground. That's boys. it, right? Yeah. It's cracking up, but do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, having said that, I think we'll cut this here and uh, we were, we're going to return for our third installment of this where we talk about the... This was totally not planned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was going to be a single episode, guys. <laughs> well, it was just such a big topic. Yeah. And if it was a single episode, like right now we'd be running two hours <laughs> or close to it anyway. And don't we feel bad now for limiting the people's clips? You know, we ask them to provide something short and then we waffle on for hours. <laughs> no, been, no, you it's see, been it's been a great be- chat though. It's because they express so much so much gold that's right. that it took We're us still this, mining it. That's right. It exactly. took us this long to unpack it. So mm-hmm. 
So we're going to leave that there. We will be back next week. Please join us then. And uh, until then, catch us on social media at OzTableTalk. Catch us on our website, also OzTableTalk.com.au. And we would love to hear from you. And if you have a bit of time, go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will catch you next week. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.